Hello, small but mighty How We Work family. Welcome to another episode of this podcast. My name is Iso, your host and creator of said podcast. So today we have a really cool episode. I know, again, I always say that, but I really think so today. It's with a woman who will be known as Anonymous Dominatrix. Um, she is a Bay Area dominatrix who I know not through working with her as a dominatrix, um, full disclosure, but through another capacity. And I found out she does this work and started talking to her about it and was just really taken aback by her approach to it. Um, it's not an industry that I personally am very familiar with, but I have kind of all the cliched understandings of what that is. But this conversation totally changed how I think about dominatrix work. Like the reason I started this podcast is to have these kinds of conversations. Like I really wanted to get out of my own personal bubble, the businesses that I have, the people that I know, and learn about how other people live. And this is exactly that. Uh, the approach she takes is almost like a psychologist. Like she works with plant medicines in her work, which is amazing. And it's really like helping people to work through issues through this other modality. I was really struck again and again by how similar it feels to like the approach a talk therapist would take to helping people to like work through trauma or work through things that they need to figure out for themselves and need to kind of get out of themselves. And this is just like another modality. Like there are all these different modalities, like plant medicine on its own is one of them. Dominatrix work apparently is one of them. It's so cool. Um, you know, talk therapy, all kinds of stuff. I think what's amazing about this episode is you'll come away with a really different understanding of what a dominatrix does. Um, I really love this conversation. Something to note, this, if you haven't guessed by what I've said so far, this episode does include conversations about sex. So if you either don't want to listen to that or you got kids, I mean, I wonder if people listen to my podcast with their children around, but if you do, maybe not the best one. There were a couple of things that even I didn't leave in that were like, a little intense, um, but there are things in there that are, you know, are uh, fringe, I would say, you know, uh, hopefully not in a judgmental sense, but probably things you haven't run into in your daily life. So with that said, I will stop talking and let the podcast start. But thanks again so much for listening. And I really I'm excited. I'm excited about this episode. It's really, really amazing. Thanks so much. I guess first off, what do you want me to call you? Mistress. Mistress. Okay, <laughs> that is another. This is a power move, isn't it? You are doing it. <laughs> Busted. Busted. I know your game. Well, I don't actually know your no, game. Not, but very I don't feel playful. that way. Yeah. No, totally. I like it. I like it. Um, no, I don't know. I, I, um, yeah. Ms. Dominatrix? Sure. You can call me Ms. Dominatrix. Okay, cool. Um, so, Ms. Dominatrix, uh, welcome to How We Work. First off, could you tell me, can you say what you do kind of succinctly? 
Sure. I play with fantasy, fetish, and BDSM exploration. Pretty, okay. pretty to the point. That I was very sessions, to the point. I like that. Yeah. I have yeah, sessions yeah. with people that are anywhere from an hour to a couple of days, and we explore their deepest, sometimes lightest, sometimes darkest fantasies and urges in ways that are exploratory, potentially cathartic, and uh, most always very connective and meaningful. Hmm. How do you get into work like that? Well, it came as a surprise that this is what I was going to be doing with a significant point of part of my life's work. I was taking a nap one day. I used to live at a little community in Oakland, and I was taking a nap, and I was thinking of a friend who he was quite lovely. He was a very emotionally rich and rather intense person, and his hair was falling out. He was really stressed out at his work, and I was thinking of him and just wondering how, like, what was going on and how I could help him. So I'd, I'd recommended that he go see an herbalist and somebody that could help him, like, see through what was happening. And he did, and he tried taking the herbs for a couple of days and then just got off of it and stayed on with his with his process and as somebody that loves herbs and wanted to get deeper into healing work that was discouraging <laughs> and I realized that I would actually need to be able to see deeper quickly in order to be able to help people and this is all in kind of a daydream lucid in between worlds kind of a state and I I heard this voice say be an herbalist dominatrix. And at that point, I didn't even know what a dom was, uh, but it was so clear. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And so I, I got up from my nap and I I was very excited the, to hear the voice of knowing tell, tell me this. And so I went to a friend and I told her that I wanted to become a dom. And she connected me with somebody that worked at a at a place in Oakland. And I got an interview and started working there. And at the same time, I applied to a clinical herbalism program right around the corner from my house and became a clinical herbalist and just started to work to combine the two. I knew that I would need to have technique to see into the subconscious in a, in a really clear way. And um, yeah, that the DOM work could take me there. And it has. It's been, it's been crazy. It's been an amazing, fascinating path. And there are so many people that are part of the BDSM community that are interested in healing. There are so many people that are absolutely not interested in healing and that just want to play in these dark spaces. And that's that's fine. But I have found it to be a wild realm of connecting with people in their deepest, most vulnerable, most potentially most secret place and bringing love and curiosity and acceptance of a lot, not of everything. Um, there are definitely limits of what I am willing to explore, but it's it's pretty amazing what can happen when somebody opens up entirely and is met with somebody honoring them and somebody being really curious and uh, being there to evolve what their process is, what their thought process is, or what their fixation is. And yeah, my work was further clarified to me a couple years after that. I went to Bioneers and I was getting a massage. And at first she had me on my back and she she 
cold on my head and I felt the shooting pain go down to kind of my mid spine right next to my heart. And she had me turn onto my stomach and then she dug her elbow into the muscle right next to the vertebrae where there was pain. And all of a sudden I started having flashes of my dreams from the last month. Dream after dream after dream after dream. It was amazing. And I said, what's happening? She said, oh, well, your vertebrae, it was out of alignment. So when I pressed on this place where you have a kink in your back, the cerebral spinal, the vertebrae, the muscle relaxed, the vertebrae went back into alignment and the cerebral spinal fluid was able to flow freely again. So you had access to your subconscious. And I realized that that's the potential of this work. It's not, we don't always get there, but often we are able to really go into a deep space. Um, And I just realized that by pressing at the place of a kink, by literally, uh, we can catharse and we can evolve ourselves and get to know ourselves in a hugely beautiful way. I mean, to get to play with the subconscious, that's the process of making art. That is, that's the, that is our dream world. There's so much that's wrapped up in that that just might otherwise not be held and recognized and explored or evolved or whatnot. And that's, that's what this work is in a nutshell. <laughs> it's using very strong physicality, psychology, basically every tool that's at my disposal and working in a, <laughs> a non-regulated way. <laughs> we don't, there's no board of certification for dogs <laughs> um, to dive in. And hopefully the people that are doing the diving in with their clients are doing it in an honorable way. Um, there's a lot of damage that can be done in this in this play. Um, and there's a lot of healing and uh, beauty that can occur. And it just really depends on how we approach it. So that's 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 how I got into this work. I feel like what you just said gives me a totally different understanding <laughs> Of what a dominatrix does or like yeah. just a, it just seems like a very different kind of approach than kind of like classical, like cliche. Like I was thinking it's like physical therapy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, yeah. it's like you're working through people's mental issues in a physical mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're shining light into the darkness and exploring. Yeah. yeah and th- and yeah. that's what when my mom found out that I was a dom, I had accidentally left a folder open on her computer when I house sat for her once. Mm. And she freaked <laughs> out because she she had seen images of what a dom is up to. And mm-hmm. she was scared that I was doing evil work. And I told her my experience and I have continued to talk with her. And she's now very curious about it because it's it's yeah, it's it really it's a huge spectrum of play. My one of my teachers has told me that the only thing that we that doms have in common is that they like to play weird. <laughs> mm. They like to do weird shit with people and in in a, in this particular context. And how you take it is up to you and who you are and what you stand for and what you're interested in. And yeah, so it there's a huge spectrum of how people play. And there's, mm-hmm. there's actually a lot of doms that are really that see this and a lot of people that are in this industry these days that are really into the healing aspect. And as you can explore that online, you can get into it on Twitter. And there's a big, just a big sex work community in general on Twitter. And people are a lot of a lot of people are into it for the healing aspect. A lot of people see it as potential for healing. 
And a lot of people are really resentful at the idea of it being a healing thing and just want to play. They just want to, they don't want to take on the responsibility of being somebody's healer. They don't want people coming to them with the idea that they'll be healed because that's can put, that can come with so much baggage. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. it feels like it's a big responsibility. Yeah. yeah and there's, it's yeah. really, it's been a huge process for me to learn boundaries and to just learn what I do and don't want. Like what is, what is my fantasy? And I think that that's, it's a, it's a beautiful and big question that is available for all of us. Uh, whether or not we're interested in having kinky play that's that we engage in. It's like knowing your dream and inviting it to unfold brings so much magic and so much um, life. Mm. So we do it in the microcosm of this of the session room. Um, but hopefully it's a skill that's practiced in there so that we can apply it to the rest of our lives. Yeah, it's very important. I look at submission when when people come to me wanting to learn how to submit. It's most of my clients are men. They are in all different kinds of positions in society, uh, different work roles, different socioeconomic roles, different ethnic backgrounds. Like it's basically a cross section of whatever town I'm in, that's who will come to see me. So it's not really any particular person except men, <laughs> mostly men. Um, and that's a beautiful thing that people want to have to learn surrender and experience surrender. I think that I think that we as humans just really seek being held. And I'm I'm somebody that's for much of my life has had a really strong and important relationship with the divine and that has taken different forms as I've grown and changed and been in that question of what is the divine but I think that ultimately the the idea of being able to surrender to divine to being held by some greater force is one of the most cathartic and meaningful things that I think that many many people yearn for um, so my goal is to practice surrender and like do actually like practice specific techniques for being able to surrender that will then be able to be transferred to surrendering to life. Um, that so much of our pain and difficulty in life in general is not surrendering and like trying, it's like mm-hmm. constant second guessing things and like checking ourselves or um, hearing what we need to hear, but then backing up on it. Um, or always trying to control things super hard or control people super hard or and that's that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, yeah, that it, it doesn't work. And so learning learning a process processes of surrender it opens us up to receiving the gifts of being alive and the the profound beauty. So as I've gone through my work, I've learned more and more ways to help people open up to surrender. I mean I but yeah, letting go of control is something that I work on a lot personally, mm-hmm. um, you know, because like I run my own projects and there's this feeling like I need everything to be exactly right mm-hmm. all the time. And like it mm-hmm. has to be exactly my vision. Mm-hmm. And and that has caused a lot of trouble for me in my life, honestly, like it's very stressful, but also mm-hmm. like just the way I treat people, you know. So really learning to like start to let that go is like 
super daily practice. And it's so interesting. It's like a totally different approach. But Mm -hmm. I can see I can see how it could be helpful, right? Because like people who are in that position where they feel like they need to always, always be in control, they don't ever have a chance to just kind of like let go, Mm -hmm. let someone else kind of like help them out. I think it's it's understandable to have difficulty letting go of control, especially when we've had some reason that we needed to have control, whether that was from when we were a little kid or a baby or as we were an adult running a business and things got fucked up or whatever it is. But I, I, I think that as we as much as we can heal, whatever our trust issues are that keep us holding on super tightly to control, the better, the bigger we can get. Because then we mm. can make a stronger network. The people around us feel trusted. People want to feel safe, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like I can even understand that in my own life, like with my business partner. Like, we have a really good relationship, like open, trusting relationship. And I can be, I can like let myself go. I can be more myself. Like if you have people in your life that you think are really looking mm. out for you and like mm-hmm. they really understand you and like they want the best for you, like that's the way to let go of that rigidity mm-hmm. some, right? It's so important. I think it's so hard to find. Like so many people are so isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean it's hard to find? Well, I think it's hard to find people that you can trust or feel comfortable with. Or maybe I maybe you know, maybe I'll speak for myself. Maybe I am speaking for myself. But I think it has been hard for me throughout my life to find people that I feel like I can really like let my guard down around, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that probably has a lot to do with a lot of stuff in my life. But but I think you hear kind of statistics nationally about, you know, people have one or no people they feel like they could call in an emergency. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I think, are very, very isolated. And with that isolation, oh, you got to you got to put walls up. Oh, the world's scary when you're by yourself. Like we need community and mm-hmm. we need to be shown that like the things. And I think that's what's really interesting about your work, actually, is like, we need to be shown that like our whole selves are okay. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can find that in a partner who loves you for who you are or a really good friend who's like there to support you. Like I am lovable. It's okay. Mm -hmm. This thing that's Mm -hmm. in me, but I'm sure in your work, like, like the stuff people way in the basement. Some of it's actually not okay. (laughs) That's the, Mm. that's the, like (laughs) maybe. So within the like Celtic, mythology and uh, practices, there's this fundamental belief that people are born clear and that they're born well. And that any like when we have disturbances in our lives, we can develop ways of being that are not necessarily us and they're not healthy. Yeah. And and I do think that porn has really fucked up a lot. (laughs) You know, I have a lot of people come to me and say that, hey, I want this super extreme thing. Like, really extreme thing and i just saw about i saw it on porn and i want to like do it i'm like well maybe maybe you shouldn't be i don't know maybe you shouldn't be watching that Mm -hmm. but it's like or maybe there's something that's not as far that like will actually satisfy that need but it's the only thing they've ever seen that feels like oh this is this direction i want to go in Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people don't people don't like having this conversation with you and looking at your website like and especially having the conversation with the plant medicines and the BDSM mm-hmm. and the healing. Like, I mean, this is just, it's all very new to me. You know, and mm-hmm. I think for, it's, it's, it's very far outside of most people's scope of reality. So when they see something 
super extreme in porn, they're like, oh, okay, like that's what I should do to mm -hmm. be in this world. Mm -hmm. Like that's what that means. So I can imagine maybe that's like the draws. Like I just need to do something like very different to break mm -hmm. outside of myself. Like I need a real adventure. <laughs> yeah. You know, I need to go as far as know. I possibly can. Totally. Well, see, maybe that's it, though, right? Okay, I'm paying for this. I gotta like get as much <laughs> as I. I gotta get as much as I can. You know, like, <laughs> like really. It's like you go to. It's kind of like if you go to like a buffet restaurant. It's like you always overeat because <laughs> just like there's so much that you just like. I want to get my money's worth. No, that is making light of it, but like. I think that the mind is very impregnable, and that when we see yeah. things that make us feel really intense that like we would have to surrender so much we would have to let go of so much in order for it to be fathomable then there's just something that gets like plugged in yeah and people would do things that they would never ever do otherwise and things that yeah. are like n actually not healthy to do like not not mm -hmm. like i'm actually very careful with my porn consumption because I do feel like, yeah, I feel like you like you let this stuff into your brain yeah, and totally. it's there when you're you know, like super energetically open. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see anything that's super mm -hmm. messed up. Like, I don't want that in my head. You like, don't want that in your head. I don't nope. want a seed of it to like germinate in my brain about this thing that like, actually, I don't I don't actually want. But like, mm -hmm. I saw that one time. And, <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel I feel very careful about like imagery that gets into my head. Yeah. It's like it can. Yeah. Germinate is a really good word for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, our minds are fertile. We really are. We uptake so much um, of what is uh, the term in hypnosis is suggestible. And mm. a lot, some people are highly suggestible. Me, for example, I'm, you put something in my, like I watch a movie once <laughs> or I read a book and I see that imagery for months afterwards. And, yeah, me too. Uh, that, yeah. And it's really yeah. important to be selective, but that's also a very magical quality. We can program our minds with what we want to experience. Like we can do visualizations and then experience our life in that way. Um, I've actually, this is not mm. related to the Dom stuff, um, but I developed sciatica over the last three or, or I got, I injured my back back in February. And so I, it got worse and worse and worse until um, I, it resulted in me having sciatica about a month ago. Um and through a chain of miraculous events, I was connected with, or I, I met a chronic pain coach who taught me about how to do visualizations to get rid of chronic pain. Um, and so I've basically programmed my mind now to be free of pain. And my sciatica really? is mostly- It works? It's, it's worked. Um, wow. That's yeah, like- It's mostly gone. It's like 95% gone at this point. And it that's was cool. so bad. I couldn't sleep for days. It was excruciating any way I moved. Um, mm. a good tip. We yeah. can, we can, what we vis, what we see in our minds, what we visualize is so important for how we move about the world. Mm. Which I think is one thing yeah. that's very interesting about this work. It's we can, we can evolve our, our sense of whatever we're stuck on, whatever, wherever we're not able to, to have peace, we can, we can play with and evolve. Um, yeah, for example, I was having some difficulty with one of my best friends about maybe a year ago. Um, she, yeah, she we we had an argument. We've never not talked to each other, and all of a sudden we weren't talking. Um, and I I had a session where my client and I sometimes switch, and so he was flogging me, and over the course of about fifteen minutes, 
he was flogging, I think he was flogging my shoulder and my ass. And it was just repetitive, like kind of medium grade pain, just like over and over and over. And it became trance-like. And I, all of a sudden, the pain that was in my heart from not talking to my best friend was met by this physical pain. And I was able to evolve my understanding about what was happening with her, have empathy for her, and like forgive everything that had come between us and move on. Because the, the intensity of the pain was finally met. It wasn't just my mental anguish. It was something that was physical, which allowed me to, to like actually tap into it and change it. Mm, yeah. I wonder if that's some of the draw of people coming to Dom work. There's something that kind of needs to be exercised from them. Like, do you, <laughs> do you feel that? Not like a demon, but some pain that you're holding, like in your body somewhere, like a bad experience you had that like, you kind of like can't get out. What do you think of that? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, and I'll probably cut this out because I'm just babbling now. But I was going to say it's kind of like cutting is that, mm, right? Like yeah, it's like, that makes sense. it's mm -hmm. like people like cut because the, the pain inside needs to get out and kind of like they want that control or, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, I've heard people talk about. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there is, there can be a lot of people can approach this as an attempt to heal and, yeah, I have a, a lot of my clients are that's that is what they're experiencing um, or that's that seems to be what's drawing them to me. I think whether conscious or subconscious, sometimes we don't know that we're looking to heal. We're just looking for something that seems exciting. <laughs> and mm -hmm. oftentimes the people that seem exciting or this the situations that seem exciting have something in store for us. Um, just like how very often the people that were like radically drawn to whether as a friend as a lover as a partner they have there's some challenge <laughs> or something that we need to learn in the process of being with them and so yeah. when people are really drawn there. yeah i've been there too and it's <laughs> yeah. like it's intense yeah, yeah totally so, it's like it like brings out the most intense parts mm -hmm. of you that you didn't even know were there mm -hmm. but then when it's over you're like oh, okay like now i know that's something i need to work on Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like now it's that yeah. heat of transformation. Yeah. It needs to be hot or else the logs don't burn. And we're really wanting to transform. That's a really great metaphor. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You, you, the yeah, logs some, need to be hot or it doesn't burn. The transformation. The fire's not that's hot so enough. Beautiful. If the fire's not hot enough, it won't the burn. The fire is not, will not burn. The phoenix doesn't rise hot. from the half burned ashes. Totally. Yeah. No. <laughs> you're like, yeah. Because we all want to be like calm and in control yeah. and cool and collected all the time. But any kind of growth learning experiences when you get totally knocked on your ass and you're like, oh <laughs> God, that was horrible. I was a horrible person. That was not how I wanted to be. And you're mm -hmm. like, okay, well. Now, hopefully, and then you come out of that stuff and you you do feel like a different person, like a big growth leap after being like in a real fire. So mm -hmm. that's a good, that is mm -hmm. a really great metaphor. Yeah, I, like I, I think that the, the key there is how can we do it in as safe of a way as possible? Totally, yeah. And that that is what is very often not present in yeah. relationships or like not, hopefully it's, hopefully it's present for most people in all, in all the relationships. But in those intense relationships, maybe it's not there. People don't know how to be safe with each other um, yeah. or, or whatnot. But yeah. that's, that is one of the keys for integration, for t total burn, sublimation, and integration of the experience in a way that helps us feel whole. Because when we just burn and we're like, fuck, I am so burned, 
and it's really hard to rebuild ourselves. It's like it's like a wildfire versus a controlled burn. It's like mm. the controlled burn because it's done safely and it, it takes care of all this shit on the forest floor and makes really fertile ground again. And that's that's what we're looking for. <laughs> a controlled yeah. burn, uh, which is really hard to get in relationships. <laughs> well, it's a good advertisement for visiting your local dominatrix. Yeah, exactly. I think. Totally. Within the last maybe three months or so, I've had... I had a couple, like a handful or so of clients that have come in and talked about that they're feeling depressed and that they're just really like they're cons- either considering getting on antidepressants or that they're on antidepressants and that they're just really wanting to relax and really just they're and that they're wanting to play with their little fetish and that they're just wanting to feel good. They're just wanting to feel good. And so we get into the scene and I might start by like giving them a massage and helping them feel really calm. And once they're really calm, like maybe an hour or so in, and I'm talking really gently to them and just being really tender and soft and just really helping their nervous system relax, helping them focus on their breathing and making sure that they're breathing two in, six out, you know, just getting in that really nice nervous system state where they feel good. Then I start to bring in an edge play slowly so whether that edge play is electricity or or playing with a pinwheel super sharp or pretending like bringing a knife up to them and just like touching them with a knife so we're doing this shock and expansion of the nervous system that's the fire and the soothing of the nervous system super super soothing and then out of the blue all of these guys start full body trembling and it doesn't stop. It's like their ch- jaws are quivering, their chest and their like their legs are quivering. And I, yeah, at first I was like, what the fuck is happening? And eventually one of them, these are of course all different sessions. One of them says at the end of the session, I felt like I, I got to a door when I was, when I was in the trembling, I got to a door and I could open it up and see what was deeper or I didn't have to. And that was the trembling. And all of a sudden, it was clear that with depression, there's often some things or ways of being, whether it's being wild or being spontaneous or being open with our lovers or whatever, that suddenly gets suppressed because it's not safe to do that. And when we suppress that one thing, everything else kind of just gets suppressed too. And so when, we, when they get to that door, that's the door of seeing what's really real for them. Like, what is their real life? What do they really, really want? What are they not? What have they not grieved yet? What is so necessary for them? And they can either open it or not. When we get relaxed enough and yet sh- like shocked into something, we can open up. We can we can shift ourselves. Yeah. It almost sounds like a psychedelic experience. It, it's like a psychedelic experience. Yeah. <laughs> so this is just another way. Like I've I've started to kind of realize there are all these different modalities mm-hmm. that humans have all trying to get to the same place. Like, like if you read about like Buddhist meditators who have achieved enlightenment, it's like the same imagery as people who have like ego death when they're doing psychedelics. And the same imagery in some ways that like what you're talking about, 
You know, they're just like the mm-hmm. same kind of like moving out of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, move also moving moving out of our own way. Yeah, kind of yeah, moving out of our own way or realizing yeah, like realizing yeah what we want or what or how to feel better with ourselves or how to understand that we're not in control, understand we're not alone. You mm-hmm. know, I think maybe that's the universal, the universal yeah. desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to see our place within the the great unity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Um, you were talking about your experience of realizing that you wanted to be a dom and kind of moving that direction. I think that would be something that would be pretty intimidating to a lot of people or super scary mm-hmm. to me personally. I think I can say that it would be scary to kind of move into this whole other realm. Mm-hmm. Like, did you feel that or how like how did you kind of quell those those demons if yeah. they existed at all? There know? were zero demons. It was just so clear that it was a voice from the beyond from God. And I had no question that it was what I needed to do. Wow. Yeah. Do you feel do you feel that kind of clarity in your life generally? Or is was there Not something like really special? In some things, in some things, absolutely. Um, like some some places I'm like, yeah, this this is very clear. This is home. This um I sometimes I'll feel that when I meet somebody, I'm like, oh, you're gonna be my new best friend. <laughs> mm. And lo and behold, look at that. We are. Yeah. I sometimes I get super clear knowings and sometimes it's less clear but when it's clear it's this was crystal clear Mm. man that sounds very nice it was very reassuring i don't know that i know that's how my brain works you know (laughs) yeah i'm fairly confident in trusting my instincts and moving in the direction but like it's almost like a religious clarity you're talking about it felt like the voice of god and it just i was like oh that sounds fascinating that sounds like a very powerful way to connect with people um that sounds like a lucrative career i don't need to i don't want to worry about money i don't need Mm. to worry about money um that sounds like something that will lead me to grow i mean there's all these ways that i could think about it and be like oh yeah that's actually that is a good idea oh yeah that is a good idea and i could like justify or rationalize it but ultimately i didn't need to it was just super clear I think it's really interesting what you're saying about plant medicine and BDSM. Like mm-hmm. for me personally, that is a totally new piece of information and mm-hmm. it's really interesting approach. Can you just talk more about literally how that works? Like sure. how you like how you decide what to give people and, you know, is it during the session? Yeah. Just just mm-hmm. talk about kind of how 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 literally it works for you. Yeah, well, I can we can talk about a couple different kinds of plant medicine, both entheogenic and just like household appropriate herbs to give to children. <laughs> Um, when it comes to entheogenic plants like mushrooms, that's at this point that's the only thing that I've worked with in session. Um, I the my a very mild or microdose is the only thing that I found to be appropriate or uh, facilitating of a good experience. I, find I that, was wondering, like, yeah, yeah like if you're throwing a lot of mushrooms and somebody and took a scary. macrodose once and was just like, you know, I was like. Pretty All terrifying. of a sudden, the session became me holding his feet. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I hours. would be like, yeah, I'd be very scared. That was yeah. it. He was surprised. Yeah. Um, no, but with microdose, there's a, there is a, it facilitates a subtle opening in people's psyche and suggestibility. And so, of course, it's really important to be in a safe environment if you were to explore that. Um, but yeah, it relaxes muscles in the body. It relaxes the mind. It just makes everything 
flow more. There's all, all of a sudden, I mean, BDSM is already, it's the process of making new neural pathways in the mind. And that's exactly what mushrooms do. They help foster interconnectivity of the whole brain. It's very interesting bringing that into session. I don't do it regularly um, by any means and only with clients that I can really trust to, to be in that state. Some people, I guess I won't, I won't get into that. I was going to talk about how some people that are in this industry just want to like use alcohol or want to smoke a lot of weed during sessions. And for me, that there's a, a, a matter of disassociating that can happen that doesn't facilitate us going into a really much like a clearer space. I want to get super clear <laughs> with, mm. in the session. In life in general, I want to be super clear. But during the session, I want to be super clear so it can be real, so we can have, make a real impact. And if somebody's intoxicated, it's not it's they're doing things that they wouldn't otherwise do i want to it's like training with steroids it's like you're not it's not you it's you plus a something that's not like i want i want to stretch as me and i want to help you stretch what's real for you mm. um, and when something's uncomfortable that's a great growing edge we can lean into that really gently um, but there's also other plant medicine so there's cayenne, there's ginger, there's stinging nettles, there's yarrow, there's arnica, um, there's mugwort. All of these plants, a lot of them are our native medicinals that we have growing all around us. A lot of them um, can facilitate whatever process I'm trying to help somebody have. Um, anything that we can do with plants, we can do with our mind. So I just want to get really clear on that. The plants aren't necessary, but they are really potentially really helpful for creating a new experience um so say with cayenne um cayenne is going to bring fire <laughs> cayenne is a little fiery pepper and it will bring flames and heat to that fire that we were talking about earlier it will help facilitate mm -hmm. catharsis so if somebody within them doesn't have enough passion for example to set things to make things powerful for them Cayenne would be an excellent ally to help them just feel more, to stimulate their heart, to dilate their blood vessels, to make them like really feel more and be able to maybe sense if something, if they were so depressed that they were really cold and they weren't able to access what was within them, regardless all the crazy shit we did. It's probably, probably not possible because um, there's a lot of crazy shit that we can mm -hmm. do. Um, but this would, it would turn up the dial on the intensity. For example, stinging nettle. There's a classic process that's done all throughout the world called urtication, where fresh stinging nettle, boughs of stinging nettle, are slapped on a part of the body where there's stagnancy um, mm. that is creating inflammation that's uh, ultimately causing pain. So say I have um, my lower back issue, for example, the sciatic thing. Um, when there was a stagnancy there and tense tissues or tense muscles and fluid stagnancy, I would actually slap it with the stinging nettle and that would relieve the pain for hours if it relieved the pain. So for people where there's some kind of stagnancy in their body, um, I can slap that area where the stagnancy is uh, localized, whether it's around their cock and balls <laughs> or on their back or on their chest or whatever it is. And that brings 
Um, that's another way to facilitate catharsis. Mm. Um, mugwort is a is a plant that is directly correlated with the underworld and with the the subconscious. It's really stimulating to the liver. In Chinese medicine, it's said that the the spirit comes to sleep in the liver at night. And so if there's a disturbed liver, somebody will have nightmares. And so it's really important to keep the liver clean and functioning really well. Mugwort is really stimulating to the liver um, and super activating to the subconscious. So for somebody that's in this session, giving them a tea of mugwort or blowing smoke of mugwort in the room that they're in or having them smoke a mugwort cigarette or whatnot, um, basically just having them engage with mugwort or giving, making them an, a mugwort enema, um, it's going to activate their experience. It's going to heighten their subconscious experience and give them a more intense and powerful experience of the scene. Um, I can, if I wanted to bring in an enema, um, I could do that with calendula and chamomile and be treating them at the same time. <laughs> um, and what, whatever inflammation that I had for them or they had, or I could give them an enema with cayenne and give them some torture on the inside and just have them really like super stimulated. Um, yeah, many ways. Whether depends on what I want to cultivate with this person. Do I want to bring more pleasure? Do I want to bring more pain? Do I want to facilitate their dream world? Um, do I want to help them relax their shoulders? Do I want to help them remove illusions that they obviously have? Um, plants work not only in this physical realm, they're working in, they, there's a spirit behind every plant. And by in, having that person engage with that plant spirit, by giving them that medicine, the plant spirit is coming on as another part of our session. It's like inviting somebody else into the session, and but in a really kind of like, usually a more subtle way, unless it's something like cayenne or nettles, which are not subtle at all. Um, but it's bringing that force in as somebody to work with. Um, because all of a sudden, their, their body, their spirit is working with that plant. And it's working with plants are high beings, some higher than others. And by bringing them in, all of a sudden, that they are their spirit is doing work on a whole nother level. Mm. Kind of like That's an amazing. ayahuasca plant diet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the things you're saying are like a totally different idea of what healing can be, mm -hmm. right? Like I think we think about sex as like sex is a thing that you enjoy with a partner, with more people, you know, and it's like it's for pleasure um, and it should be a healthy part of your life. And some people have problems with it and some people mm -hmm. don't, but it's like, but thinking about it as like using something sexual as a kind of medium to heal in a way that doesn't even necessarily have to do with sexuality, but has, has something to do with something that's wrong with you otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, or just very, something that you want to develop. Totally. Exactly. It's like any kind of, it's like any kind of healing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a powerful way to put the microscope onto some aspect of ourselves and work with it. Mm -hmm. Well said. You did a bit of this before, but I want to ask you straight up. Mm -hmm. Can you walk me through a typical work day? Sure. So on a typical work day, I will I will usually know ahead of time who I'm going to see, what we're going to get into, and whether what history I have with them. I'll arrive at my dungeon. It's out in beautiful 
wine country out here in the South Bay. <laughs> and I will start preparing for the first scene. Um, I'll review the session and I will see what activities we're going to get into, what sense they want to cultivate, how do they want to feel during our time together. And I'll get out the toys that I think will support that. I will make my space feel really bright um, and dress up in whatever outfit will be just perfectly evocative. <laughs> and then wait for them. And they arrive, hopefully, prompt at the time that we're going to start the session. If they arrive any earlier, I have them sit outside. <laughs> and uh, then we play. They come in. We talk. Uh, we review what they want to feel, what they want to explore, what their hard limits are. We review safe words, which are yellow and red. Yellow, yellow would be to slow down. Red would be to stop. That ends the scene and is a full pick, take back of their power. And then I send them to the bathroom. I have them undress, kneel down, and knock on the door. And I go and get them. And then we begin. How every therapist begins their sessions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's like more interesting therapists. And I think that's the thing that's coming out in this conversation, actually, mm -hmm. is that the way you work is almost more like therapy than the kind of classic, I would say, than my understanding of dominatrix work mm -hmm. before our conversation. Well, people that get into this are interested in psychology and interested in the shadows. There's a very scorpionic willingness and excitement to go into the invisible realms and into what is unacceptable or what is not commonplace or what is dark and potentially seedy and see what's really going on there and play mm -hmm. with it and make compost of it. Um, mm. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people that are in this work that are actually also therapists or herbalists or Rosen method workers or that lead ceremonies or that do all kinds of different things. So it's, it's quite, it's really interesting. There's people that are in this particular line of sex work are really interested in the psyche and what helps with this kind of exposure, like constant and long-term exposure to people in this realm. You're either going to hate it because <laughs> it's so much work to get into that mode with people or you're going to love it because it's so natural. And if it's natural, then you're probably somebody that just really is fascinated by what makes people tick, what helps mm -hmm. people feel well, what facilitates good connection with people, how to have good boundaries, how to have super immaculate communication, how to follow up with people and make sure that they feel well. Yeah, it's this is very ritualistic, in a sense, kind of work, where you need to be on a really, really clear page with people in order to develop trust so that they can go into those places in themselves. If people don't trust you to hold that for them, they're not going to open up. It's just going to mm -hmm. take either they'll come, they'll open up way down the line or they just won't come back. People need to be able to trust in order to go to these places. You see the deepest part of someone like the things they don't show to anybody else like and those are motivated by all this stuff in their life so it makes so much sense that like someone who's interested in psychology would be interested in that kind of work because mm -hmm. people kind of open it's not just sex right mm -hmm. i mean it's oh, not yeah i mean there's yeah, no like, sex yeah there's, it's not even yeah there's yeah. no sex even it's just like but we kind of think of it in the we think of it in the sexual realm um but there's so much more there it's very cool
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, people are aroused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and things just, the arousal is a way to get in. It's mm. not the end point. It's not the end. No, yeah. it's just the initial lure. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's very exciting. Yeah. So um, do you feel successful in whatever way you want to define that? Yeah, I feel successful. I feel like I've really established um, something that is beyond just my interact, like just me as a lovely human showing up or like doing weird things to people. I determine success by having, by facilitating meaningful experiences for people and seeing them evolve over time. And the more I practice this work, the more I develop techniques that are able to help people know themselves in a new way. And yeah, it's there's a lot more that I want to learn how to do that I have no idea how to do and that I'm very curious about. So, and as I mentioned at the very beginning, this is fantasy work. So the more I tune into what I deeply want, that happens. It's very bizarre and very quick feedback. As soon as I know what I'm wanting to learn and experience and just get really clear on that, it happens. And so I think, yeah, success can be measured in terms of what I've brought to the world, in terms of the people that I've helped, um, in terms of the techniques that I've developed and shared with others. It can be determined in just how I, yeah, how I've matured as a person. It's been a trip. <laughs> yeah, I'm this sure it's intense a big work. learning experience. It's yeah. a very fortifying, individuating experience. And it's been, as far as me developing, it's been immensely successful. Um, and as far as me being developing and then being able to give that to people, it's just getting better over time. So that's that's my answer to that. It's hmm. a good answer. Mm-hmm. How does this work fit into the rest of your life? Into other work you do or relationships? Yeah. Yeah, pretty well. I would say since being in the South Bay, it's I feel a little bit more disintegrated than I did back in when I was in the East Bay. In the East Bay, I felt very integrated. Um, and just like it was very seamlessly compartmentalized and at the same time I felt very open I used to very just talk about it very freely but yeah personally I am I lead a very vanilla sex life <laughs> <laughs> my ultimate thing is just like connection with my partner um I do like these I like these games in a lot of ways I I think that I I don't know I'm I hate to say it, but I'm not like a super kinky person. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's kind of like the chef who like chefs don't like cook big meals at home. Yeah. Right. You know, you're just like, I'm tired of that. I just want to eat like a tuna sandwich over the trash. You know, (laughs) totally. Like, I just want to connect and I just want to be soft and cuddle. I really like cuddling like that. That is just that is it. I feel you. Um, I love good cuddle. Yeah. Yeah. Cuddles are great. You know. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's something that I really am delighted to offer to my girlfriends when they have questions about all of this. Um, yeah, I, there's a good amount, especially in the East Bay, there was a good amount of women that really wanted to know how to embody more power in their lives and especially in their bedroom situations. 
Yeah, I'm sure it's really nice for them to have that resource to talk to you because it's an issue a lot of people struggle with and, you know, it's hard to know where to go. So let's change directions a little bit. I'm going to ask you a few questions that I ask everyone. Uh, please finish these sentences. I love <laughs> my life. That's a great answer. Everything. I wish I had. More time to just chill by the river. I wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't ever broken my own rules. I'm most proud of. And is this in life in general or in relation to my work? No, this is just everything. You know, kind of the podcast is how we work, but okay. it really is about how we work as people. So much of our conversation has, has been like framed by what you do for work, uh -huh. right? But it's really about your life and like who uh -huh. you are and why you do it and what's interesting about it. So it's a broad question. Uh-huh. Yeah. Would you ask the question again? <laughs> yeah. I'm most proud of? The love that I bring to everything that I do. That's a great answer too. Okay. So now <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question that I've been asking everybody mm. and there's no pressure to answer it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was, that, was that a good setup? Yep. Um, how much money do you make? Um... Anywhere from twenty-five to forty thousand dollars a month. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Thanks. I'm happy for you. Cool. Well, thank you, uh, Mistress, for being on the podcast. Pleasure. This has been uh, a really great conversation, and been. has totally changed my viewpoint of the work you do. Oh, that's good. right. Nice. Like I like, I didn't have like deep knowledge. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't feel like I thought necessarily one way or the other about dominatrix work before. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of knowledge about it, but I feel like the way you approach it feels like very unique and expansive and, and different than I, I, I could have imagined. I really appreciate the talk. Thanks, Lisa. It's been wonderful to talk with you. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great day. Thanks. Hello again. This is Iso. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Am I right? Did you come away with a totally different understanding of what a dominatrix does? There's so much there. Like, it just, it's, it was such a good conversation. Um, it really, it taught me so much about dominatrix work, but also about just different ways of working through issues, right? Like, it's not exactly about the modality. It's about her approach to it. Just really amazing. So thank you once again for listening to How We Work. If you love this episode, please share it with some friends and review it on iTunes. All that stuff, super helpful. Thanks again. Talk to you soon.